0: This week on Friday Night History, a retrospective one year out. Salutations, you fantastic denizens of the internet. This is Dr. Nairi A. Bakalian, and you are listening to Friday Night History, your favorite historical romp with your favorite history dike. <laughs> Retrospective one year out. So it's been a year. It has been a year since my first episode of this uh, series as a podcast. Friday Night History began as a spontaneous thread that I composed one night when I was in a bar in Mount Lebanon, Pennsylvania, with a bunch of furries, and I was drunk and I had just sung some torch songs and um i was bored i was bored and i was overwhelmed and i had my phone on me and i had twitter and i said you know what let me talk about date masamune because that's a thing that i do um you know i wanted to talk about uh one of the times that he talked his way out of getting executed for treason and that involved him uh riding into kyoto in style with a gold-plated cross As if to say to Toyotomi Hideyoshi, who then ruled Japan, crucify me, fucker, I dare you. (sighs) So, that was the very first. That was on 22 June 2019. And most Fridays since then, I have done a thread. However, in the eventful time that was 2020, when I, um, when I uh, 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 was interviewed by several very well-established podcasts, including the U.S. Naval Academy's History Podcast and um, the uh, SimSec Sea Control Podcast. Um uh, I was asked, uh, so when is it gonna be a podcast? When is Friday Night History gonna be a podcast? And I said, you know what? I, I don't know. I kinda well I'd like to do that. Do you really think I can do that? So the seed was planted and I thought about it and I thought about it and I thought about it and I thought about it. And, about it. and finally at the end of twenty twenty, I said, you know what? the hell with it. I have a headset. I have audacity. I can teach myself on the fly. We'll figure this out as we go. So um, I recorded a podcast. I recorded a first podcast. I think it was about eight minutes on the outcasts in the Boshin War, particularly the outcasts of the Kanto region, whose leader, hereditary you know governor under the shogunate system, Asaksa Danzalmon. Uh, trained a unit of uh, rifle infantry, and it's interesting that this caste, who would otherwise have been uh, considered ritually unclean, and that you know polite society wouldn't want wouldn't have wanted to have anything to do with, um, went to war just like the rest of the country. Uh, in a war that was primarily fought by the samurai class, it's really quite interesting that um. Also, Asakusa Danzaimon himself, even though he was born an outcast, received samurai status. So he himself was technically not an outcast at the time. It's kind of interesting. Um, So that was my first podcast episode. And um, I think, uh, yeah, I wasn't imagining that it would go in this direction. I was uh, certainly hoping that it would, you know, get some traction, that, you know, I would, I, would, uh, I would be able to do this at least some of the time. But then, you know what? Life has a funny way of uh, coming at you. Um, so I started uh, uh, improving my setup. I got this uh, recording boom, which you can't see because I have my camera turned off as I'm streaming this. Um, but, uh, that upped my, uh, sound quality significantly. I learned a little bit more about Audacity thanks to some wonderful friends. It's really been, um, a learning curve, but it's been one that I have been very happy to, um, engage in. I have since branched out into video content that's associated with this channel, um, and with, um, with this podcast, uh, I have long-form videos that are still going to be coming out. Uh, you know, things have not, over the last few months, have not uh, have not been conducive to my being able to take the time to actually, like, really record and hash out that stuff. Uh, but that's still in the pipeline as well. So, um, yeah, it has been an interesting little while. It's been now... Uh, how many months has it been? It's been uh, um, 17 months. Actually, no. Um, uh, 29 months uh, since uh, since this started. And um, I couldn't have done it without you. <sighs> In this uh, far more uh, freeform episode of the podcast i am going to now attempt a dramatic rereading of my very first thread the one that started it all at the bowling alley in mount lebanon and i'm gonna do my best to do uh to do justice to drunk nairi because clearly drunk nairi didn't know what she was getting into okay so let's start from the top Gather round, my children, hearken to my tale. So I'm hanging out at a bar full of furries and nursing a bottle of my favorite drink. It's time to begin the story of Date Masamune, epically flamboyant pansexual badass, and 16th century Japanese warlord. It's Drunge History Time! Alright, so let's get this thing rolling, shall we? The year, 1591. The place, Kyoto. Toyotomi Hideyoshi, this guy here rules most of Japan as imperial regent, and he is pissed. See he's been trying to unify Japan for a while, and drag it out of nearly a century of constant war. His former boss, Oda Nobunaga, died trying to do it. But Hideyoshi is damn near close, and it's almost a done deal, and there's a revolt in the north. So the Kasai and Ōsaki families are locally powerful guys in northern Honshu, right? They stage a revolt because, hey, answering to some weirdo in Kyoto who was born a peasant cramps their style. Hideyoshi sends two of his newest vassals, who have armies of their own and hold territory nearby, to go kick their asses. Gamo Ujisato and Date Masamune. Trumpet fanfare. Fangirl scream. Ah! Kya Masamune-sama. Mind, things go okay at this point. Ujisato and Masamune quell the uprising, and everything's safe and hunky-dory before terribly long. Or is it? Ujisato heads back to Kyoto and goes to see the boss. Hideyoshi. So, how'd it go? Ujisato. Yeah, dude. Uh, We're fine. Here's the after-action reports. Oh, and by the way, Masamune is the one who got this rebellion started in the first place. Hideyoshi. The fuck you say? Ujisato produces a letter at As proof. TLDR, it says, hey, get this rebellion started and I'll back you up. And uh, if enough people fall in line, we can all get rid of Hideyoshi. Hearts and stars, Masamune. Hideyoshi is livid. He hits the fancily tiled roof. He summons Masamune at once to come explain his ass or he's done for. Dun, dun, dun. Okay, here I need to back up and explain a bit about Date Masamune. Family name first, then given name. Because you need to understand what he's about to do here. Toyotomi Hideyoshi was born a peasant in the equivalent of a shack. The house of Date is very blue-blooded, very old, and has, it still exists, lived in northern Honshu since about 1190. Date Masamune was born in 1567, so he was young compared to Hideyoshi, Young enough that Masamune was a fanboy of Hideyoshi's boss Nobunaga when Masamune was a kid. But Masamune came from not just an old Nobu clan, his family could claim a mantle of rulership over the north with its origins in the 8th century CE. So why should he care about some uppity peasant from Owari? Well, when Hideyoshi subjugated damn near everyone else in Japan and was besieging Odawara near Mount Fuji, Masamune couldn't afford to ignore it anymore. But remember the words of Bob of the Bob DeRoe song, Baby, you can't look bad long as you're looking good. So he trolls Hideyoshi. Now, it's a straight shot down the Oshu Highway, Modern Route 4, to get out to the Tokaido and to Odawara. Masamune takes the scenic route via the Sea of Japan and comes in through what's now Nagano. He is very late. Needless to say, Hideyoshi is mad. Masamune knows he's late, so when he shows up at Hideyoshi's encampment ostensibly to pledge fealty, he comes dressed in white, in death clothes. Hideyoshi takes his meaning. I'm ready to die. Are you ready to kill me, punk? Hideyoshi does eventually relent and lets Masamune be his vassal and keep most of his own land. Fast forward to a year later in Kyoto after the Kasai-Osaki uprising. The scene, a road in from the east. Ujisato, where is he? Hideyoshi, that fucker better show his ass. Conch shell fanfare. Behold, here cometh the Date army, Hideyoshi squints. Oh, you little shit. Enter Masamune at the head of an armed entourage. Beside him is carried a gold-plated, full-sized cross. Crucifixion is something Hideyoshi ordered routinely, mind you, and Masamune is used to doing things in style. He was flamboyant and fashionable as he was a skilled commander. It isn't for nothing that the name Tate became the euphemism for showy, i.e. fabulous, for centuries on. So that morning in Kyoto, he sent another message. I'm a Diane style, so crucify me, fucker, I dare you. But wait, the story doesn't end there. So they go up to have a little confab, because you don't have someone haul ass all the way from Japanese Appalachia for nothing, damn it. So they go up to Hideyoshi's mansion for a confab. Hideyoshi is fuming, Ujisato is stewing, Masamune is like, mad bro. Ujisato, your ass is toast, dude. Masamune, Sire Gamo, verily it hath been far too long since we last spake. Hideyoshi brandishes the letter. Cut the shit and explain this Masamune looks at the letter, grins evilly at Ujisato. Bring me some pen and some paper and ink. Ujisato, I can't believe the shit, the impermanence Hideyoshi, he's dead anyway, let's humor him. So Hideyoshi has has some ink and paper and a brush brought in. Masamune signs his name with a dramatic flourish, then pulls a pin out of his sleeve and stabs a hole in the paper. Behold, sire, when I sign my name, I add the form of a wagtail bird below and poke a hole where the eye should be as a security measure. Ujisato spit takes. Masamune, so you see, clearly... SOMEBODY has it in for me because SOMEBODY gave you a fake. The bird in this letter doesn't have the pinhole. An attendant takes the letter back up. Hideyoshi squints intensely at it. Masamune smiles beatifically. Hideyoshi roars with laughter. Masamune grins evilly at Ujisato. Hideyoshi, all right, all right, we're good. But no more tricks, kid, or your ass is really toast. They laid down the conditions. Masamune had to be in Kyoto part of the year, and his wife had to live there permanently. Hideyoshi tried to invade Korea, failed, tried again, and died. Ujisato lived, but by his grandson's generation, his clan was abolished. Masamune, though, well... He allied himself with Tokugawa Ieyasu in the Battle of Sekigahara in 1600. While Ieyasu fought in the central in central Japan, Masamune fought at the Battle of Hasedo in the north, the east cavalry field to Ieyasu's cemetery ridge. Masamune, who by the way had one eye and was famous at the time as the one-eyed dragon, rose to become the fourth wealthiest man in Japan. Did he instigate the Kasai-Osaki uprising? Honestly, I think maybe. He had a habit of shaking things up in the north when it suited him. He also knew how to play the system and look stylin' as he did it, and while driving people of all genders wild with his suaveness and style, so he survived. He founded a castle in 1600. It was a sleepy little village, but it became a capital city. I lived there in 2005. It's called Sendai, as a callback to an ancient place in China. It means the home of the immortals. And yes, the sly asshole lives on. Even in equestrian form on the downtown lampposts in the city he built and loved. When he was an old man, he wrote a poem. My youth in battle is long past. The world is at peace now and I've grown old. Since I've been spared, why not enjoy myself? Surely heaven will permit it. Why not indeed? By the way, His family's other crest, three vertical stripes in a circle, is still the city emblem of Sendai. In the words of the Bob DeRoe song, which I'm not going to sing because I don't want to get copyright struck, baby, you can't look bad long as you're looking good. I'm Nairi, and this has been a Drunge History. The end. So... That is the story of Date Masamune talking his way out of getting executed for treason a second time. And that was my first thread. That was what started this entire madcap adventure. Your favorite romp with your favorite history, Dyke. And it has been quite a ride. I have covered everything from... Uh, legal history to the history of the Ainu people to, uh, fortifications to theater history to, uh, there's one random British guy who did a Leroy Jenkins and brought the N- uh, Napoleonic Wars into Nagasaki Harbor, um, I did an episode on an early Japanese roboticist. I did one about a Japanese general of the early 20th century who had what I can only describe as the mustache of destiny. Giant, giant propeller-shaped mutton chops. And I am currently in season two of the podcast. I am doing a treatment of... Uh, Japanese folklore, uh, the historical folklore, um, sort of intersecting the spiritual and supernatural with the historical. And I'm finding that I'm often sort of winding up walking in the spaces that I had already walked while I was actually there. So it's a little bit haunting in a really strangely comforting way. Where I want to take this podcast next is that I want to keep going for the rest of the season uh, with uh, historical folklore. So that will um, continue uh, through the rest of Season 2. And then beyond that, who knows? I am uh, eager to keep my focus, like generally speaking, on the Tohoku region. Um, you know, not exclusively, but uh, I'd like, you know, of course, to uh, play to my strengths that way. I am uh, also looking forward to uh, doing a little bit more with... Um, the uh, international aspect with the um, American connections to Japanese history, particularly in the 19th century. Um, I want to do a little bit more with um, with stuff north of Honshu as well. Because uh, Tohoku history is entangled with the history of what we now call Hokkaido, the Sakhalin, and uh, Coral Islands. Um, you know, it's... Um, it's, uh, it's, it's entangled with these issues of empire and language and um, other things um, so I'm eager to continue exploring that. And one day when the border reopens and uh, I have the money to do so, I intend on uh, recording some of these on site. It will be a little while, of course. Uh, I have a uh, recording skill to work on until then. And, um, and yet, I'm looking forward to it very much when I have the chance to actually be standing on Mount Alba and recording one of these. Uh, I probably won't be doing it live, but that's okay. Uh, I hope you will still enjoy it when the time comes. So, uh, would I want to make this into a book? The answer is yes, but the thing is, Um, I am not in a position to be giving that a hundred percent of my attention just yet. However, uh, the more folks sign on the, um, better my, uh, ability to afford, uh, research material and other things. And, um, you know to keep this to keep the lights on and keep all of this going this is all made possible thanks to all of you who have been listening reading subscribing you've been patrons you've shared forward you have spread the word I couldn't have done this without you so thank you all as ever if you have suggestions or you have requests uh, send them my way and I will take them under advisement I am very eager to hear for hear about um, what you have to say, and uh, what you uh, might want to hear from me. Um, And so it is now at the 20-minute mark. This is longer than I usually record for these podcasts. I try to keep them short, but not too short, so around 13 to 16 minutes. So thank you for bearing with me. Uh, I really appreciate it. You have made all of this possible, and it means world to me to be able to keep bringing historical education to the masses in a fun, often irreverent, but hopefully uh, memorable way. I'm Nairi, and this has been Friday Night History. Now, questions? Friday Night History is a weekly historical romp with me, your favorite history dyke, Dr. Nairi A. Bakalyan. Our theme is Buga Blue, written by Craig Friedrich, performed by the U.S. Army Blues, and available royalty free at pixabay.com. music. This and more is made possible by listeners like you. To support Friday Night History and the rest of my work, sign up today at patreon.com riversidewings or subscribe at twitch.tv riversidewings and catch gaming, historical banter, and episode recordings. You can find my audio fiction and other short work for sale at riversidewings.itch.io and check out my novel at bit.ly slash dawn ebook. That's all for this week of Friday Night History. Next week, Dance and the Gods, an historical introduction to miwa a sacred dance tradition in northern Honshu. Hope to see you there. And remember, who you are and what lights your fire is worth fighting for. I'll see you around.